Hey, you are listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana on Canal Street. You can check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church. Also on Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard. My name is Brian, my wife Christy, and I pastor Mid-City Vineyard. And uh, we're glad you can check out the podcast This weekend, we kicked off our Advent series, Advent 2016, and over the next couple of weeks, we are going to look at the themes of hope, peace, love, and joy leading up to our celebration of Christmas. We will worship on Christmas Eve Eve, December the 23rd at 6 o'clock, if you would like to join us. This week, we kick off our series with... The story of hope, learning the lyrics. Thanks for checking us out. Hope that you enjoy. We are going to do. I started to mention it as we as we jumped in with worship, but we are going to celebrate Advent. I'm I'm actually I'm a huge fan of the church calendar, and uh, if you grew up. Episcopal or Catholic, uh, Lutheran, what did you say? Methodist. Methodist, that was, yeah, that was, uh, then you might be, or you would be, familiar with the church calendar. If you grew up Baptist or non-denominational and just kind of, you, you wouldn't be very familiar with it at all. What about even uh, uh, what, what stream? Yeah, no, you won't, you won't. Stream, stream. You wouldn't be overly familiar with it. So let me, let me familiar, familiar, familiar rise. Here, here we go. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, the the church, universal, uh, basically set in motion a a way of worshiping throughout the year, and it is the same way of worshiping throughout the year year after year. And, and the beauty of it, and, and I know that there is a lot of repetition in it, and a lot of people, especially those who grew up Catholic, uh, ha- sometimes don't even understand why they were doing what they were doing. But the beauty of it is, is that every year the, the calendar is broken up so that we would celebrate, so that Christians would celebrate certain events throughout the year at the same time, with it, which, which keeps this general understanding that and keeps generally keeps Christians grounded to the fact that Christ is our hope. That this whole thing, this whole life, this whole world, this all of this creation is going somewhere. And so the way the Christian calendar kicks off, which is tonight or tomorrow, it's Advent, and it is the season of waiting. It's the season of waiting for the Christ, the season of waiting for the Savior, for the Messiah, for the Anointed One to come and to redeem and to rescue the world. And so every year at this time, churches all over the world celebrate Advent and all over the world, lots of churches don't. This year we are going to, we're going to celebrate it in line with the way it's celebrated in many churches in that tonight we're going to talk about hope and the hope that Christ brings. Next week, we will talk about peace. The week after that, we will talk about love. The week after that, we will talk about joy and, and how, these, how we see all of these things coming to fulfillment in Christ. Uh, 
that's what we will do over these next couple of weeks. And I really, I personally am quite excited about it uh, because I am a person who needs rhythm in my life. Uh, you know, I talk about this a lot with you guys, and I think I'll always, uh, for a very long time, I will talk about the importance of rhythm. I think it's important to have rhythm in your life. You know, when you, when you have rhythms of exercise or when you have rhythms of diet or when you have rhythms of, of, of times when you set aside uh, times to create, if you're a creative person. You know, creative people don't just accidentally create. Creative people set aside time to create. People who write books don't accidentally write books. You see, they set aside time to actually spend time writing. People who write music, uh, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, people who are strong and who work out don't accidentally get strong. I mean, I didn't do this on accident. You know, this is like, this is intentional right here. So, you know, um, so what we do is even in the church, we set aside times to reflect and to remember. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this as a community of faith. For thousands of years, the prophets have been speaking. The prophets have been speaking for thousands of years. And for many of us, when we think of the word prophet, many of us think of a prophet as a person who tells the future. But I would suggest to you that prophets aren't really fortune tellers or, or, or future tellers, but prophets, biblically speaking, prophets are people who announce the truth. Prophets are people who announce the truth of things to come. Not necessarily from the standpoint of this is going to happen on, uh, you know, in 2020 on this particular date. And, you know, we would call that person more of a, a psychic or a fortune teller or a, a, a teller of the future. But a prophet is one who is primarily speaking out of the heart of God about things to come. So tonight we're going to start with a couple of readings from prophets. Now, I firmly believe that these people <laughs> are prophets. I, I believe that these are prophetic voices. And so I encourage you to listen. Try not to attach a name to it. And those of you reading, don't attach the name to it. But just listen to the words that are being spoken. So Christy, you are first. You have our first reading. You have it. I want you to reflect upon that. You probably know who it is. Nothing to kill or die for. Imagine all people living in peace. Sean. Take these hands. Teach them what to carry. Take these hands. Don't make a fist. No. Take this mouth. So quick to criticize. Take this mouth. Give it a kiss. Yahweh. Yahweh. Always pain before the child is born. Yahweh. Yahweh. Still I'm waiting for the dawn. Still I'm waiting for the dawn. The sun is coming up. The sun is coming up on the ocean. 
This love is like a drop in the ocean. This love is like a drop in the ocean. And Sherry. And Kathy. There's a day coming when the mountain of God's house will be the mountain, solid, towering over all mountains. All nations will river toward it. People from all over set out for it. They'll say, Come, let's climb God's mountain. Go to the house of God of Jacob. He'll show us the way he works so we can live by the way of the man. Zion's God's message comes from Jerusalem. He'll settle things fairly between nations. He'll make those things right between many people. They'll beat their swords into shovels, their spears into rakes. No more will nation fight nation. They won't play war, war anymore. Come, family of Jesus, let's live in the light of God. Amen. Now I know, because uh, I've, I've sat through a talk or two myself, so I know that sometimes it's, it's challenging when we have various readings to, to, to grab hold. So I wanna, I wanna go back through some of these and just grab a line or two with you. John Lennon, imagine once again that there are no countries, imagine there's no religion, Nothing to kill for, nothing to die for. Imagine all people living in peace. I would call Lennon in this scenario, in this, in this lyric, in this song, in this poem, I would call him a prophet. I would call him the voice of the Lord. I would, I would say that he is speaking on behalf of the words of the Spirit of God because he is, he is tapping into the very heart of who God is. You can't, you can't say these things apart from who God is. The next one was Bono from the band U2. Now Bono is a little bit more uh, overt in his. He actually calls out the name of God. Yahweh. Yahweh. Take these hands and teach them what to carry. Teach these hands not to make fists, no. But teach them what to do. Take this mouth that criticizes and give it a kiss. The love of Yahweh is like a drop in the ocean. The day is coming when you will realize this. Alicia Keys. We are currently baptized in boundaries. We are schooled in sin. We are divided by our differences. We're divided by our sexuality. We're divided by sin. But what if, what if sex was actually holy and war was seen as obscene? 
And it wasn't twisted. What if we were living for love, unafraid of the end, realizing that forgiveness is the only real revenge? These are words of a prophet. These are words that are spoken out of the heart of God. Isaiah. Isaiah. God is the one who will settle things fairly. God is the one who will settle things between nations. God is the one who will make things right between people. And at that time, these people will take their swords and they'll beat them into shovels. And they will take their spears and they will beat them into rakes. Why? Because they will not need spears. They will not need bows. They will not need arrows. They will not need swords any longer because nation will no longer fight against nation. They will not play war any longer. Let us come and live in the light of God. There is a way to live and to be in the world that doesn't look like the world. And that's the message tonight. I could probably say amen, but I'm going to give you a little bit more. There is a way to live in the world. There is a way to be in the world that does not look like the world, the system. There is a salvation that is taking place, church. Listen, there's a salvation that is taking place. This is not salvation that's going to take place, although it will. This is not salvation that did take place, although it did. This is salvation that is taking place. It's a present movement right here and right now and it is not an economic system it is not a political system it is not a particular form of government it is not a particular governor but there is a hope there is a hope so she who has ears let her hear he who has ears let him hear Emily Dickinson wrote a poem once. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul. And it sings the tune without the words. And it never stops at all. Hope is the thing with feathers. It perches in the soul. It sings the tune without the words and it never stops at all. And I would say that there is a part within every single one of us that desires to soar. There's a part in us that desires to soar. Now, depending on where you walk into this room tonight from, will, will, your emotional state will determine how much you're able to tap into that. I get it. You know, I, I used to have this... Uh, I used to have this amazing picture in my mind. When I was a single guy with no kids, I had this amazing picture that when I finally met the girl of my dreams, I had this image that every day would feel like fall. Now remember, I was single and I was very young and I didn't really know anything. So I had this image that every day would feel like fall. I, had, I used to have these images of, and it, it, was, it was hope, is that when I meet her, whoever she is, I mean, every day will feel like fall. It doesn't mean, matter if it's the middle of July because it'll feel like a beautiful fall day and I'll ride with the windows down all the time and the hair, air will blow through my hair. I had hair and it was just like, <laughs> that, this is what it's going to be like. It was like this, like this deep-seated sense of hope. And that, you know, that, that feeling would come upon me when, you know, especially after a particular a breakup, 
You know, you, you'd be in a relationship with, with someone and then there would be a breakup. And then there's always that, there's always that part a, a, a little while after the heartbreak and after the breakup that says, but there's still hope. There's still hope that one day, one day, and some days I could tap into that hope, right? And other days, you know, if you're really experiencing just like you're down, it's harder to tap into it. But here's the thing. All of us have this desire deep within that desires to, to get about and to soar. It's this part within us that holds out hope. And we watch the news and we hold out hope. Some days it's harder than others. We're, we're, we're not reconciled to, to our child at present, and yet we hold out hope. Our child, maybe our adult child, is currently addicted to, to alcohol or to drugs, and, 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 and they're, they're just tapping us for money all the time, and, and, always, and, and we're, just, we're trying to figure out how to practice tough love, and yet we still we, we hold out for hope. We watch the TV, and we see the wars, and we see what's taking place in Syria, and we see people are just being massacred left and right, and yet there's still something, hopefully, deep within us that holds out hope, even among even in the midst of the sadness and the frustration, I get it because I experienced the sadness and the frustration. We long for the resting place. So here's, here's how Emily Dickinson, Dickinson says it. She says, listen, there's a tune within you, but it doesn't have words. It's just, it's this tune. It's this tune that's been placed and that's what hope is. And here's the thing for us, church, is that we must continue to look to God to put words to the tune. We must continue to look to God to put words, to put lyrics to the tune of hope. And, 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 and here's how this works. There are a few people who I really truly believe. I mean, I, I, think, that, uh, I think that Bono is one of them. I think that Alicia Keys is one of them. I, these, are, these are people who, whether they even know it or not, they're tapping in. And they're, they're pulling from the lyrics of God. They're, they're moving in those directions. But for the most part, the world around us doesn't, isn't singing <laughs> those words. As a matter of fact, you know, Alicia Keys' song there, Forgiveness is the Only Real Revenge. Wow. What an intense and powerful move. But do you see, I mean, honestly, do you see forgiveness just tearing it up out there in the world today? <laughs> People just forgiving left and right? Like really tapping into what she's preaching? Not really. Because the world is putting their own, the system of the world is putting their own lyric to their tune of hope. So what does that look like? Well, let's consider for a second what's off in the world. Tell me, what is off in the world? Somebody, what's off? There's war, that's off, right? Okay, what else is off in the world? What's that? Consume. Okay, consumerism is huge. That's that's definitely off in the world. It's consuming us. <laughs> Racism. It's off. It, it it's off the charts. It's going on. What else? Human trafficking. Human trafficking. Yes. What else? Huh? Poverty. Poverty is off in the world. Yes. Violence. I mean, violence is it's it's off. Yes. Religion. Ah. Uh, too much of putting, putting heavy borders around people. Whew. Okay. That stuff's off in the world. 
What about in our own lives? I know you might not share this one as quickly, so. But maybe you will, I, I, you know, because here's the deal. Long term, as we move forward as a church, I want to be a church where when you walk through the door, you don't change who you are. <laughs> you don't feel like, oh, now, now I've got to put on my happy face. Because here's the deal. In our own lives, there's a whole bunch of crap. Now, I, not all is lost. I understand. This is not a doom and gloom message. But there's a bunch of crap. There's addiction in this room. There's uh, those of us who, are, 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 uh, who have family members who are addicted, if we personally aren't addicted. I mean, what, what are some other things? You, call, you know what? Call out someone else's. You don't have to call out your own. What's off? There's arrogance in our own lives. There's depression. There's depression. There's sadness. There's anxiety. Uh, there's broken relationships. We got a table full of this stuff. I guess I could just read, huh? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 yeah. You know, we're, we're fighting our own. We're, we're fight, every single one of us has something or multiple somethings. We're fighting off our, our desire to forgive, yet we, we, we desire more to hold grudges. Or, we, or whatever it might be, I, you know. And then I want to say to you that all is not lost. Uh, again, it's not doom and gloom. I, I want to ask you, where's the Holy Spirit working in your life? Where is the Holy Spirit working in your life? Please make no mistake about it that no matter how Desperate it seems to get, the Holy Spirit is always still moving and breathing and shaping and forming. Don't always feel like it. <laughs> Don't hear me say that. <laughs> so the world, our lives, here's the stuff that's going on. This is where things are off. So what do we do? What do we do? We hold out hope. I don't know what else to do, to be honest with you. I watch the news and I say, oh dear God, I, what, do we, what do we do? Now, I'm going to hold out hope. I hold out hope for the righteousness of God to be revealed. I hold out, hold out hope for the justice of God to be exercised. I hold out hope for the rising of God's peace over all of creation. I hold out hope for the undoing of violence and the destruction of the war machine. I hold out hope for healing, and for restoration. I hold out hope, and here's what we do. We wait. The word Advent means basically to anticipate and or to wait. We wait. We wait. But we don't wait passively. We wait actively. Okay, we're not just like, oh, world's going to hell in a handbasket. Sucks to be here. <laughs> no, no. God's... We're, we're here. There's, there's beautiful things that are taking place, and God is using us and shaping us and forming us and molding us. He's recreating. He's redeeming. He's reconciling. This is what he's doing. There is hope, but we also must wait. It's an active waiting. We want to flip the switch. Oh, everything's good. But life doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. I, 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 very few things where we can flip the switch. We wait. We wait. And just like in Romans, where Paul says that even creation is waiting, so we wait. But when we wait, 
don't forget, we wait with great hope and anticipation because of what has already taken place. I've asked Jim if he would read from the book of John. Jim, this is your cue, okay? I know you were asking for a cue. John chapter 1. Read loud, Jim, read loud. Thanks, Jim. God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. There might not be a more exciting passage in the Bible. In the narrative of the creation of all things, in the narrative of humanity, there might not be a better or a more fascinating or more exciting scripture passage than God became a person and moved into the neighborhood. Think on this. If you were ever had been God, if you had, if that, would you have become a human? To me, this is, <laughs> and this gets really deep and theological, but I would say to me, this is more, this is crazier than even, you know, dying or coming back from the dead. Those are crazy and those are big. But the fact that you, you wanted to come here first and take on hum humanness is huge. God took on our lot in life in order that we might now take on his that we might take on the life of Christ. The writer of John says, listen, the people did not notice him. God became flesh. Now here's the thing, I, I understand because we say a lot of times, well, if I'd have been living back there, I mean, I, Jesus, I mean, he was amazing. I read all the stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. I mean, how could someone not go to that wedding where he turns all this water into wine and not believe? How could anyone go to Lazarus' funeral and watch Jesus pull him up from the grave and not believe. I mean, how dense were these people? That's what we say. And yet, I would suggest that we might would do the same thing if we're not getting the lyrics of the tune from God himself. And what do I mean by that? Well, they were adding lyrics. 
They were adding lyrics. Their lyrics were, we are the people of God, Israel, at this time. And we're being ruled by pagan rulers and, and dominated by these Romans. And God obviously doesn't want that. So when God does show up, he'll destroy them. That's what they're adding. Those are the lyrics that they're adding. Well, we are the people of God, the Jews would say, 2,000 years ago. And we are the ones who should have power because God is powerful and he would want his people to have power. So obviously that's what God is going to do when God shows up. They were adding their own lyrics. And then what happens? God goes to this teenage girl who's a nobody. Look, I know Mary is a somebody now, but Mary was a nobody. And says, hey, I know you're a teenager, and I know you're, um, uh, I know you're a teenager, and you haven't uh, been with, with a man before, but hey, look, uh, you're going to give birth to God. And then what happens is God is born in a stable, not in a palace. And who comes to see this God? Shepherds, who are nobodies. Uh, there's this old man by the name of Simeon who lives in the temple. And this old lady by the name of Anna who lives in the temple. These are like, these are like crazy uh, church people like, who are just kind of tucked away and just do whatever they do. Uh, these, these magi come. These, these guys are like, um, they're, they're like the modern day uh, uh, readers of the stars. You know, so they're, not, they're just kind of like, they're, they're weird. Uh, who else does God find? Well, he finds poor people and he finds really, really sick people. All the nobodies show up when God is born. The only somebody who's mentioned in the story is Herod, who is Herod the Great. So he's a somebody because he gets to be the great. And what does Herod try to do? He tries to kill God. See, when you add your own lyrics, it just, it doesn't really, if, if you're not getting the lyrics from the Holy Spirit, it doesn't look like what God is actually doing. They were looking for the king to look a particular way. My question is, are we? I think I am a lot of times. Because God shows up and he starts saying, love your enemies, swear off violence. Uh, this is not the song. These are not the lyrics they were singing. He says, uh, I'm going to befriend sinners, and I'm going to befriend prostitutes. I'm going to replace the law with my own teachings, not the lyrics they were expecting. And because they put their own lyrics to it, they miss God. So the question is, where do we see God? And that's why I can go back to you and say to you, I see God in the lyrics that Alicia Keys is singing, that John Lennon is singing that Bono is singing, that Isaiah is singing, because there is something pure and driven by the Spirit of God here that's taking place, and it's something that we're invited into. And so I encourage us, church, that we not sing the world's tune, but that we would look to the Christ, that our trust would be placed in Christ, in what Christ is doing, and all the places where we would, we would see that hope and that we would sing that where are the things where the world is messed up? You see, there is, it is messed up. There is racism. Okay, we need to address it. We need to acknowledge it. We need to know that it will not be this way forever because there is great hope in the fact that Jesus has come 
He is redeeming, reconciling, restoring, renewing. And he will return one day, and racism will be done away with. In the meantime, we are active participants in working against racism, in working against sexism, in working against all of the different isms. <laughs> and how do we work against those things? Honestly, it's how we live as people of hope who are actively moving in the ways of God. In this world of heartache, of struggle, of pain, I invite you, as we move over these next couple of weeks, I invite you to carve out a little bit of time to reflect upon and to savor and to imagine the coming kingdom. What's it going to look like? Carve out time each day just to think on what, what is it going to look like and then bring it back with you. Bring it back with you as we implement, as we implement heaven on earth. It's good for your heart. It's good for us in the present. I think that God is full of surprises. And I, I, I believe it's all too easy. And this is how I'll close tonight, and then I'm going to pray for us. But I think it's all too easy to take someone in their place of pain and to say, oh, you just need to trust God. <laughs> Maybe, but don't do that. Let us not treat people that way. That's awful. How about, you know, because what I really need is I need an experience of God. That's what I, that's what I need. And so maybe I do need to trust God. But what I really need right now is for a Christian to come alongside and just kind of walk through this, this junk with me and show me what God looks like in the middle of it. And all along the way, just pointing, pointing, pointing. Here's what God's doing. Here's how God's reconciling. Here's how God's renewing. Here's how God's restoring. There is hope. I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but there is hope. And so we continue to move forward. And we move forward with one another. We pray with our eyes open as we continue to seek God. And I would say, church, that all is not lost. All's not lost, for Christ has come. And Christ will return again. And this is where our hope is. Our hope is in the fact that Christ has come, that God has become flesh, that God moved into the neighborhood, that God is walking through this with us now, and that God will return, and that God will fix everything that is broken. And pray for us.